Hey, listeners, before we get started, if you're enjoying these episodes, you can actually check them out on YouTube in full video. You can just search Honest Ecommerce and you'll get pulled right to our channel. Make sure you subscribe and ring the bell for all the updates. Eventually, a lot of brands launch into retailers and don't understand that they can't even invest in marketing because so much of the um, of the margins goes into additional things that they didn't forecast initially. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, welcoming the show, an amazing entrepreneur, the founder and CEO of Bubble Skincare. As the first skincare brand created for young skin, Bubble sets a new standard while truly listening to what it is that customers want and need. Shai Eisenman, how are you doing today? Great. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Absolutely. We had to reschedule a few times. Schedules didn't really work out. But now we're here. We're doing it for the people. Awesome. So first question for you is... Uh, th- this is definitely a unique kind of subset of targeting for your, your product and what you're going after. So where did you kind of come up with this idea? What was going on in your life? Um, so this is actually my second startup. Um, and after the first one, I um, got introduced to one of the former CEOs of the in-, in the industry of one of the largest companies in the industry and completely fell in love with the space um, and really wanted to find something unique and innovative that hasn't been done yet. Um, so I just decided to spend some time just researching and research for weeks and weeks of just trying to understand what's still missing in a very, very saturated industry. My passion was always around creating uh, brands that consumers can emotionally connect with. So really wanted to find a space that wasn't really touched yet. Um, So I was really excited to learn that even though young and was shocked to learn that even though young consumers today are the most advanced generation that ever existed, when it comes to skincare, they're still stuck with Neutrogena and Cetaphil and Clean and Clear and CeraVe and all these brands that I used as, as a teen and that my mom used as a teen and some of them my grandmother used as a teen. Um, so really wanted um, to create something that one, they can emotionally connect with and two, that is going to be so much better for them and so much more advanced from a formulation perspective, from a product perspective. Um, so we worked actually with over 6,000 6, teens by now. It's over 10,000 um, on creating the products and really the brand and the experience and everything. So the, the brand was really led by uh, our community. Absolutely. And do you remember uh, about what year uh, or was the kind of the ideation and the first kind of start of the business versus when it was actually like a business and you had products yeah. to sell? Like how long was that? So we I, I, we started working on Bubble at around end of 2018. Um, and we launched the brand in end of 2020. So it was over two years before we actually launched um, from like creating and conducting the initial focus groups with 200 consumers to actually going and um, launching the brand and the product. Um, We researched with over 6,000 teens during these two years um, from kind of inception to launch. That's fascinating. That's a great way to do it is to get feedback from your target customer. Um, For another entrepreneur that is kind of out there 
trying to validate their idea, do you have any advice on how to do, you know, find people to test your product or to do these focus groups uh, and all the other tactics that you did kind of in that uh, research phase? So definitely never assume you know anything because you're usually aren't, isn't like you don't represent hundred percent of consumers. So always speak to as many consumers as possible and find them in any, every possible way you can. And always look at it from a qualitative perspective and a quantitative perspective. Um, so do like really research understanding like percentages of what people are using, what they're looking for, where do they find things, but then also qualitative deep research of like actually sitting and speaking to consumers. Um, and I, it started with just like calling every parent of teen I know and be like, can I buy your, your, borrow your child and a few other friends for two hours? Like, can we just sit and like, just talk for a little bit? Um, and that's how I met 200 teens initially. Um, and then I used a lot of different platforms and research companies, um, from Perksy, um, to other, other companies to really create and conduct quantitative research that allowed me to really understand the market from a quantitative perspective and not just a qualitative perspective. Absolutely. That's fantastic advice. So you do all this research and you you have your kind of initial product line and you're launching. Um, what was that kind of go-to-market strategy? How were you acquiring your first customers? So when we launched, we launched the brand. We worked on it for two years. So we had like a very elaborated launch plan. Um, we worked with around nine celebrities, um, hundreds of influencers, and we had 4,000 brand ambassadors. So it was like this multi-layered launch of everything together um, and, you know, launching it across social and YouTube and and just every possible platform to really bring the brand out there. And we also did a lot of PR outreach um, and managed to secure a lot of really great placements. Um, so it was, you know, it was a combination of a lot of different things. We've definitely been very focused on the brand awareness side, which was on like the influencers, PR and social side. Absolutely. And with that kind of launch, uh, that launch plan uh, happening in the end of 2020, obviously, uh, finding influencers and in, in the landscape of that is, is highly competitive these days. Do you have any advice on kind of building out uh, influencer program and finding the right people to, to use to kind of build awareness on your product? Um, so definitely there's a lot of, a lot of great platforms from, you know, Grint, Tribe Dynamics to other like really, really great platforms could be used for finding influencers. We in the beginning really worked on the, in the old fashioned way of just searching on Instagram and looking for relevant people. Um, and it was just a lot of manual work of like going and searching and finding and creating Excel spreadsheets and like reaching out and writing the status and just like managing the full kind of influencer CRM, um, through Excel. Um, but it was, it was really, really great because we've le really learned how to search for them and what we're looking for and what is working and what's not. So I always recommend like to do a lot of the legwork initially. And then once you can start automate things then automate whatever you can, once you really understand, um, the full picture. Yeah. I've heard that from a lot of entrepreneurs that you got to do the stuff at the beginning that doesn't scale. Uh, cause you need to get those, that real time feedback. And once you start automating some of it, you won't really be able to learn and grow from that. Yes, for sure. Um, definitely like we've done everything very manual in the beginning. And like the more we scale, the more we were able to like bring in more tools and bring in more, you know, automation into, into the process. Awesome. Is there anything that you remember from those early days getting off the ground or, you know, mistakes possibly that you made that you'd like kind of want to tell other entrepreneurs to, to avoid? Definitely. So, um, we came into this, like doing a lot of research, but we also, 
had some assumptions as I think every entrepreneur has when they're launching the, a brand for the first time. Um, and one of the assumptions that we had is that whatever our consumers tell us in focus groups is 100% correct. Um, and what we didn't take under consideration is the fact that sometimes they're with their friends. They want to impress them. They want they say certain things that are not necessarily 100% what um, is the behavior. And one of the things that we were shocked to learn when we launched is that consumers actually didn't buy online as much as we thought they did this specific consumer because of problems of credit cards, like they needed to use their parents' credit card because of the fact they didn't have a lot of disposable income, that they preferred to shop in stores. So all of this together was a pretty big surprise. Um, and this was something that like we didn't estimate to what extent it was big. Um, but actually the really interesting thing that happened at the same time was the fact that we've been approached by pretty much every retailer in the country. So it's been like this whole kind of weird, like, oh my God, this is actually not scaling to the D2C level that we assumed it's going to scale. But then like every retailer in the country wants to put us on their shelves. So it was like that kind of massive understanding and learning process, which started with like a pretty big heartbreak, I would say, because like I come from performance marketing. So my immediate thought is like, we're going to scale this on performance marketing and this is going to be, you know, a D2C brand and then learn very quickly on that. Like, this is not going to be the right approach. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe Electric Eye can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E.io. Mesa is the easy-to-use answer for automating the everyday challenges of running a Shopify store. Find more aha moments when you're spending less time in the weeds and can focus on the bigger picture. With automations, you have all the power of code without the learning curve. You can easily customize how Shopify and your apps work with one-click integrations. From auto-tagging orders to sending order details to a Shopify customer database, Mesa connects your data where it's needed most. To put it quite simply, Mesa is a better way to work. So find your peace of mind and kick up your feet with a simplified workload to manage the everyday stress of running your Shopify store. Search for Mesa, that's M-E-S-A, in the Shopify App Store and download the app today. Free plan available with a no-cost setup included. We've talked about this before on our podcast, but returns are an absolute hassle. They're often costly, time-consuming, and complicated, but there's a better way to handle returns. Our partner Loop helps Shopify brands deliver hassle-free return experiences. Their platform empowers shoppers to process their own returns, creating a better user experience for both you and your customers. Plus, they encourage exchanges over refunds. They make it a lot easier for shoppers to browse through your entire product catalog at the point of return. It's a true win-win. Loop is trusted by over 1,600 Shopify merchants from side hustles to enterprise-level brands like Patagonia, Brooklinen, and Chubby's. It's time to transform your returns into exchanges. Learn more at loopreturns.com slash honest. That's L-O-O-P-R-E-T-U-R-N-S dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Getting an online business off the ground isn't easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up your free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. 
And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com slash honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Absolutely. And you kind of already shared well my next question was going to be like you guys are in over 3800 walmart stores nationwide and a few other great retailers what advice would you have for people uh that that are looking to kind of break into traditional retail with their product so i think like for us what really worked is the fact that we understood our consumers in the market in a really 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 deep level um which really allowed us to be able to um show in the market what white space we're filling And then it was just, it was shocking to us. Like the fact that everybody reached out to us in the first two weeks, because like that was kind of validated, like, okay, the market, the market gap is so big. Um, And we've been really approached by so many different retailers, which was also a big understanding um, because every retailer operate differently. So I think like a big thing is around understanding where do you want to be? Is it specialty? Is it big box? Is it, you know, drugstores? Is it, Food, food chain, like what are you, where, where's the right place for you to be? And then also really understanding the business model of every retailer, because every retailer is very different. They work in a different, very different way. They have from different margin structures to different, you know, things that come into play in the PL, different promotional strategy, um, different, like, like some, some of them need third-party execution. Some don't like, it's a very, it's a whole big world. So like, unlike actually like D2C that it has its own like world and metrics and things to take under into account. Like every retailer is its own world and it's not like, Oh, this is retail. Everything is retail. Um, so really diving deep into understanding like, okay, what is the partnership that I'm looking for? Who's the right partner for that? How do I want to appear in the shelf? And then also what is the right approach to really be able to launch this successfully? Because Eventually, a lot of brands launch into retailers and don't understand that they can't even invest in marketing because so much of the um, of the margins goes into additional things that they didn't forecast initially. You said something there at the beginning that I, I want to kind of highlight on is that the, when you were speaking with buyers at these retailers, you were sharing all those consumer insights and all that research that you had done in the product kind of research phase with them to help secure those placements. Yeah, it's it was like. Again, like we had, I think, a very rare situation that they all pre- approached us and were trying to pitch to us, which I think is is different. And we were obviously very grateful and shocked to be in this situation. Um, but the more we spoke to them and like the more we explained to them, like what we're seeing in our perspective of things, like the more it was clear to them that they don't have anything like that in their store. And this is why they were super excited about partnering with us, um, which made our situation obviously significantly more desirable than the other way around where we would have been chasing after retailers. Um, but the fact that like we had so much data and we were able to back our positioning in such a big way was really, really meaningful because um, a lot of retailers don't have a lot of direct access to consumers the way that um, a D2C brand has. Like the ability to communicate and understand consumers in a really, really deep way Unlike, you know, in a very specific way, it's very different than the ability of a retailer to understand consumer behavior within that retailer. Oh, absolutely. So you guys, I don't know, the lightning in a bottle, I guess, is you struck really, you had a really great idea at the right time and, and you took off, right? And as things scale as rapidly as you did, things often break. 
is there anything that you remember kind of in the last couple of years of, of stuff just going sideways uh, that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah. So it's, it's, we've been around for 16 months. So we're still very, very, very young brand. And there's still like so much that we're learning and so much that we're experiencing because I like to call it like we're in the toddler phase right now. We're still not even a kid, like we're toddlers. Um, so there's still so much, but before we launched in Walmart, we had like about four months to deliver, um, you know, 3000 end caps, um, which was in the worst time of supply chain. So we, like, I had to reach out to every raw ingredient manufacturer and like beg to be able to source the raw ingredients in time. And it was like sleepless nights of like literally calling and, and, and asking and begging and trying to reach out to like the CEOs of the large raw ingredients manufacturers. Um, and it was, it was really scary at times because we were like, okay, we have all this, all this faith and like, you know, um, trust from Walmart to have this beautiful launch. And are we actually going to be able to make and get these products on time? Because it doesn't look like it. Um, so it was really, really, really crazy and scary at times, but we managed thankfully to also our incredible team. Like we managed to pull through in a really, really big way. Um, it took a lot of sleepless nights and probably about 10 years of my life in that process. Yeah, that's why I'm going gray is being an entrepreneur. Is, exactly. <laughs> it definitely takes its toll at times. Exactly. Uh, awesome. I mean, is there anything that I forgot to ask you about that you think would resonate with our audience today? Um, I think like what I like my approach is constantly research, research, research. I think like what I've done different in um, previous companies that I ran is like I've never went so deep into researching um, the consumer and understanding the consumer. And that's like the biggest learning I think I've had in the last couple of years of like truly try to understand your consumer in the deepest way possible um, and never act like you you know everything. Because I think I had this whole notion of like before, like I definitely know what they think. And the, the, tr the honest truth is that I had no idea. Yeah, that's uh, part of becoming an expert is the second you realize you don't know anything, you're actually probably ahead of the game. Exactly. Exactly. A hundred percent. Awesome. Shy, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today. You shared so much great information with us. If someone's curious about the products that you've been talking about, where should they go? Um, hellobubble.com or bubble on Instagram and TikTok. Awesome. We'll make sure to link to all that stuff in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate being here. Thank you. All right. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.